0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and today we're going to be talking about meditation and the technology that you can use to upgrade your meditation and dramatically increase the results. As long as you're taking the time to do meditation, you might as well get the maximum benefits out of it possible. So we're going to be showing you exactly how you can do that today and also how you can Uh, Let's say if you've tried meditation and you really felt like you haven't uh, really taken to it or been successful with it because you feel like you can't calm down or relax or focus while you're meditating, we're going to tell you why that is and what you can do about it. And there's so many benefits to meditation uh, that we're going to talk about today on the show, but it's really one of the key things that I've used in my life to help control reactivity, to help kind of retrain my brain to not react to really benign stimuli in your environment. Because you can live your life stressed out and hectic and, uh, you know, reacting to every little stressor that's thrown your way. Or you can do, you know, deal with those same potential stressors and handle those with grace, handle those with calmness. And for me, that's really an important theme right now. Because I want to Enjoy my work more. I want to have better relationships. I want to uh, feel less stressed in my life. And doing meditation and using Muse to improve my meditation has dramatically helped with that. And so I'm really uh, thrilled to have Ariel Garten on the show today, who is the founder of ChooseMuse.com. And it's this really nifty little uh, headband that you use with these sensors, like EEG sensors, and you pair this with an app that then helps you to focus uh, your your meditation. So when your mind's wandering, it lets you know that, and then you can focus back uh, on to your you know clearing your mind. Really, really interesting show today. So, tune in. So, I know so many of you guys listening to the Myers Detox podcast are interested in heavy metal detoxification. And I created a two minute quiz that you can take at heavymetalsquiz.com to answer some lifestyle questions to figure out what your potential levels of heavy metals are in your body. And then, once you take this quiz, you can get some. a series of videos that teaches you some solutions and things that you can do to help with removing these heavy metals from your body. I assure you, everyone has heavy metals in their body. Metals are in the air, food, and water. No matter how well you eat organic, no matter how well you take care of yourself, high end supplements that you take, Everyone has heavy metals in their body. The question is what do you have and how much of it do you have in you? And then what do you then need to do to remove these? Because metals are very deeply embedded in our tissues. They're not so easy to remove. So that's why I focus on heavy metal detoxification, removing metals and mercury and the thallium and the other metals that I had have dramatically improved my health, improved my mental clarity, got rid of my fatigue, got rid of my depression, anxiety, simply by detoxing these metals. So that's what I want for you, to bring awareness to you about heavy metals and teach you how to remove them. And one of the first steps is finding out what your metals are. So take the quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Arielle Garten, is the co-founder of Muse. And it's this little meditation device right here, this headband. So cool. And as an expression of her background in neuroscience, psychotherapy, and art, along with her dedication to bring easy-to-use and accessible tools for well-being to the masses. That's why she founded this company. Ariel is also the co-host of Untangled Podcast, where she interviews groundbreaking neuroscientists, psychologists, and meditators, to teach listeners about the brain, how it works, and how to use it to its full potential. Ariel studied neuroscience at the University of Toronto and worked in labs at the Kremble Neuroscience Center researching Parkinson's disease and hippocampal neurogenesis. Post-graduation, she trained as a psychotherapist and had her own private practice, as well as designed a clothing line that opened Toronto Fashion Week and has been sold across North America. It was also her desire to understand the self from both scientific and artistic perspectives that led her to work with BCI technology in the lab of Dr. Steve Mann. There she recognized the opportunity to commercialize technology that would fundamentally disrupt multiple markets and soon co-founded InterAxon Makers of Muse. The company debuted with the creation of Bright Ideas, Ontario's feature showcase at the 2010 Winter Olympics, where visitors in Vancouver controlled the lights on the CN Tower, Niagara Falls, and the Canadian Parliament buildings with their minds from across the country. Ariel and the Muse headband have been featured in global media, Including CNBC, CNET, CNN, Forbes, Popular Science, TechCrunch, The Wall Street Journal, and VentureBeat, which credited Ariel for creating the most important wearable of 2014. In addition to her full time position at Muse, Ariel keynotes around the world on technology, mindfulness, and entrepreneurship and supports and advises a variety of startups. You can learn more about her company at choosemuse.com. Ariel, thanks so much for coming on the show. My sincere pleasure. I'm happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about your background
1: and your journey that led you to developing Muse. So my own background is kind of interesting. I started as an artist and a neuroscientist. And I was really fascinated by the brain and how it kind of allowed us to process the world, allowed us to experience really everything in our lives, and created the personality that is us. And I was working in an early brain-computer interface lab in the early 2000s with Dr. Steve Mann. He's one of the fathers of wearable computing. And we had this very simple platform that allowed you to put a single electrode on the back of your head. And by shifting your brain state, focusing and relaxing, it allowed you to create sound. And so I stood back and said like, oh my God, we're like literally controlling the world with our mind. We're hearing what's going on inside of our brains, and we have to be able to do something with this. Yes. Along the way, I was also trained as a psychotherapist, I spent almost a decade in private practice, and I was really working with the brain and meditation and from multiple angles.
0: Yeah, and so let's talk a little bit about uh, about Muse, but first let's talk about meditation. So. What, what is meditation exactly and how can people benefit from that and why should they be doing it?
1: So lots of people think that meditation is this weird woo-woo thing They're just supposed to like sit there and let your mind go blank and then magic will happen. Yeah, it's it's hard for people to do that <laughs> Yeah, it's a very hard thing to do So there's lots of different forms of meditation but typically at their core meditation is a practice or a training that leads to healthy and positive mind states So it's not a weird mood thing. It's a practice or a training. And there are various different forms of meditation, like focused attention or Zen or walking meditation. And many of them train the skill of mindfulness. So people have heard of the term mindfulness. It's sometimes confused with meditation. Meditation is the act of sitting and training your brain. And then mindfulness is the skill that develops as a result of it. So when you sit on the mat and you focus on your breath, What you're doing is you're training yourself to be in the present moment and to be mindful. Mindfulness is awareness of your thoughts, feelings, sensations, intentionally and non-judgmentally in the present moment. So when you then go out into the world, you are very mindful of the world around you. You're mindful of your thoughts, your feelings, your sensations. You're in the present moment. You're not in the past. You're not in the future. And you're really connected to yourself and the world around you. Yes, and so what are some of
0: the benefits that people will experience from you know, you know embarking on a practice of meditation on a regular basis?
1: So, though the practice is incredibly simple, the benefits can be really, really significant. Um, so there's over a thousand published studies looking at the benefits of meditation to improve your focus, to help you sleep more effectively, to change your pain tolerance to help reduce the aging of your brain and body potentially, uh, to help you improve your GRE scores, your relationships, your emotional self-regulation, your level of stress. Um, This very simple activity actually rolls out in literally hundreds and hundreds of positive ways in your life.
0: I really, really enjoy using Muse. Uh, You guys uh, sent me one here. You guys sent me this headband. And it's really interesting how it works. You put it on your head like this, and uh, it's really helped me to take my meditation practice that I've really done for years to the next level. Because um, even if you've been doing it for a long time, you can still have periods where you're stressed and you're not really focusing very well, not able to focus your thoughts. And I feel like with, with my brain, I feel like I have a lot of brain activity going on, lots of things uh, that my mind is tracking and it's, can be challenging for me to kind of just relax and and focus and take everything out of my mind but with the muse headband you are looking you know you have it connected to an app and when your mind starts to wander you start hearing kind of harder rain or storminess if you will and then you uh, hear relative calm when you're able to focus bring your focus back and it kind of almost gives you something to do. (laughs) It takes the
1: boringness out of meditation. Um, But can you tell us a little bit more about how it works? Sure. So Muse gives you real-time feedback on your meditation. So most of us know we're supposed to meditate, but you're not really sure what to do. So Muse actually lets you know what goes on in your mind during meditation and guides you to states of focused attention. So it's built on a simple focused attention on the breath uh, practice. So to focus attention on the breath, you focus on your breath, your mind wanders, you notice it wanders, and then you return it. And that simple act of noticing that your mind has wandered and returning, that's kind of like the core of the meditation. That's the um, attentional loop. That's the exercise that you're doing there. What Muse does is it gives you real-time feedback to know when you're focused and know when your mind is wandering. And the metaphor we use is your mind is like the weather. So when you're thinking, distracted, you actually hear it as stormy. And as you bring yourself to quiet, focused attention, you quiet the storm. So Muse, in real time, lets you know what's going on in your brain while you meditate. And then after the fact, it gives you data, charts, scores, graphs, things that really let you know what your brain was doing moment to moment, and gives you a motivational architecture that you can then use to keep yourself meditating. Because meditation is super, super awesome, but only if you actually do it regularly.
0: Yes, yes. And so how often should people be meditating?
1: So we've had a number of studies done with Muse, um, looking at 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day of meditation, and we're able to see impact with both of those Mm timescales. So one study came from Baycrest Hospital, and they looked at average individuals using Muse for six weeks, and after six weeks of use for 10 minutes per day, they saw improvements in brain, body, and relaxation, as well as uh, potentially cognitive function improvement. So they looked at the Stroop task and they actually saw a significant improvement in your reaction times on a Stroop task.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: 10 minutes a day is not, you know, not a bad place to start. Okay, great. Yeah.
0: And anyone can fit that into their schedule. A lot of people, and I know they need to meditate. They know that it provides a lot of benefits It can provide you with, uh, you know, almost like two hours of sleep, uh, the equivalent of that if you do it for 20 minutes a day, um, especially, that's really, really important for so many people that are sleep deprived today. And uh, it's, it's something that everyone can fit into their schedule. It's no excuse. <laughs> there are no excuses. Yes. Um, so tell us also what what happens to the brain when we're meditating. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: So there's some really cool studies that actually look at the brains of meditators and non-meditators. Um, one of these studies comes out of Dr. Sarah Lazar's lab at Harvard, and she had uh, long-term meditators go into an MRI machine. And uh, so our prefrontal cortex, which is the area of our brain right at the front here, is the attentional control center of our brain. It's the thing that makes us human. It's our order processing. It's what separates us from other mammals. And bad news, as you age, your prefrontal cortex actually good news if you're able to maintain a long-term meditation practice you can maintain the thickness of your prefrontal cortex even into aging so in her study she had a 50 year old meditator who had a prefrontal cortex thickness of a 23 to 25 year old whoa um, meditation has also been shown to downregulate the amygdala so the amygdala is the fight or flight part of the brain so when you're looking around and slowly identifying danger in your environment that's your amygdala so way back in the day when, you know, we existed in a world of fires around us and wild animals and we didn't have houses, you know, appropriate houses and shelter when we were just primordial man. Um, it really made sense to be scanning for danger all the time. These days, we don't have those sorts of dangers. And we've instead trained that part of our brain to look for dangerous and frightening things like people who might let like us or stains on our pants or our dry cleaning that might be late. You yeah. know, things that really aren't <laughs> problematic, yet yeah. it's still firing very loudly. Yeah. And so with meditation, what you can do is start to downregulate the activity of the amygdala. So it's not responding uh, as, a, as strongly, and you can find more calm and peace in your life. There's kind of this relationship between the prefrontal cortex, your attentional control center, and the amygdala. It's kind of like the amygdala is the kid who's having the temper tantrum, and the prefrontal cortex is able to step in and say, hey, amygdala, calm down. It's okay, everything's all right. And so as you train with meditation, what you're training your prefrontal cortex to do is to be able to have metacognition rise above the reaction of the amygdala, be able to look at it and say, it's okay, honey, we can calm down. Yeah, and some
0: people their amygdala is just really on... High alert. You know, when people have you know stress in their life from age three to five, or they have abuse or something going on, parents fighting a lot, their amygdala is trained to be on higher alert than someone who didn't grow up in that environment. So I think that that population really that's focusing on maybe on more negative things in their environment or have a, a more sensitive stress response can really benefit so much from meditation.
1: Yes. So both individuals who, I mean, we all have levels of stress that we don't recognize in our lives. You know, we're all carrying baggage that and we're all responding to things in the world that we consider scary that are actually really safe. And so we can all really benefit. But some people who are particularly sensitive, who recognize that they travel in the world with, you know, higher levels of reactivity, um, meditation can really have a meaningful impact. As you begin to Work with your own reactions and realize that you don't need to respond that way. When you're somebody who's highly sensitive and highly reactive to the world, you think the world is scary because your body's always telling you it is. Because you're kind of buzzy and feeling anxious and feeling uncomfortable, you assume that there's something wrong. But really what's often going on is it's just your limbic system and your amygdala hyperreacting and telling you there's danger when there isn't none. And so this process of going in and retraining your mind and body to say, "Hey, actually everything's cool. We can calm down now," is a really powerful, powerful process.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people. I like what you said about how we're under a lot more stress than we realize. I mean, we have stressors from nutrient deficiencies, emotional things going on, uh, high, uh, high, you know, paced, fast lifestyle. And we have EMF bombarding us. There's a lot of things working on us and on our brain and our brain waves that we're not aware of. And meditation can really go a long way to help retraining your brain and bringing you back to focus.
1: Because ultimately, in reality, everything is okay. Like most of the damage that we do to ourselves physically and psychologically is based on these, you know, hyperreactive fear responses that we have. I know it's something that I've lived myself, like chemical sensitivities and my body and my brain would freak out when somebody used Windex and like most of the world was okay with Windex, but I just was not. And it's because I had become hyperreactive to something that is really relatively benign. And there are so many examples in which our body starts to hyperreact to things and we don't think, or we don't recognize the opportunity to train it out of that. And to say it's okay, we can calm down, we can all, like all of us, can just exist at a baseline, at a calm and even baseline, and then deal appropriately with the world around us. So, how long has Muse been around? Uh, so, we launched in 2014, and so Muse has been in market now for, I guess, almost five years. And uh, that's Muse 1 launched in 2014, Muse 2 launched at the end of last year, 2018. And whereas Muse 1 gives you real-time feedback on your brain, Muse 2 gives you real-time feedback on your brain as well as your body, your breath, your heart, and your movement. So it's this amazing total mind-body meditation experience. You actually can track your movements. You can find stillness. And for a lot of people, simply finding stillness in their body is the first place to start in meditation. Mm -hmm. You can actually hear the beating of your heart. So every beat of your heart, you hear like the beating of a drum. And it's this beautiful experience that trains your interoception, your ability to become sensitively aware of what's going on inside your body. And then when you learn to really understand, you know, the cues of your heart as it speeds up and it slows down, you can then bring in exercises like breathing exercises. We track your breathing and we teach you how to use your breath to calm down your body and calm down the reactivity of your heart. It's like this stunning kind of mind-body synergistic experience yeah because a lot of people have
0: trouble with say regular meditation where they're just sitting and trying to be calm and control their breath they feel like perhaps they're doing it wrong because they can't maybe control their thoughts or push all their thoughts out of their mind and a lot of people get frustrated and just kind of quit because they don't realize it's, it's a practice it's something that you don't instantly sit down and become a master at you have to it's a practice that you have to do on a regular basis and but i love that how muse just takes things to another level can you talk a little bit about the differences there about how it helps to upgrade say a regular meditation
1: sure so if you're somebody who doesn't have experience with meditation muse really teaches you what to do it holds your hand. It guides you. It shows you what's supposed to be happening in your brain in a focused attention meditation. It teaches you to do it, and it guides you to do it right. If you're somebody who already has a practice, Muse is really like a mirror into your own mind. So in a regular focused attention practice, you focus your attention on your breath. Your mind wanders. You notice that it wanders, and you return it. And that act of noticing and returning is like doing the rep at the gym. That's the work of the meditation. It's strengthening your attention and your ability to stay in the present moment with the object of your choosing. Um, in a regular meditation practice, though, in a 10-minute meditation, maybe your mind's wandering. It's one form before you realize that you've been thinking about your grocery list or your fight with your boyfriend. You're like, oh, right, and you bring it back. So in a 10-minute meditation, maybe you get three or four or 10 returns. With Muse, you are instantly notified when your mind begins to wander. And so you can instantly bring it back, or you can instantly be cued to bring it back. So in a regular 10-minute meditation with Muse, you might get like 100 noticing and returning. And it's that act of noticing that is strengthening our metacognition, our ability to rise above our thoughts, to see what's going on inside of our mind, and then to be able to make choices about them. So most of us kind of like just exist in a world where our thoughts are thinking us. Like our brain is just going, and there's thoughts that are going in it all the time, and we're like, all oh, right, you know, we're just we're just a thinking being. With meditation, you learn that you can change that relationship. As soon as your mind begins to wander, you notice it and you choose to put your attention on something else, like your breath, a neutral object, you've all of a sudden shifted your relationship. And you can now choose the contents of your mind. You don't have to follow those thoughts. You can choose what goes on inside your mind. And then once you can choose what goes on inside your mind, you also realize that all those stories that you had rolling around in your mind about yourself, about the world, you have a choice about them. They're not necessarily true. They're not necessarily you know the way the world is. You can now start to begin to construct your own mental space far more effectively.
0: Yeah, I mean, I read a book called The Other 90%, you know, a million years ago, but it, it talked about how evolutionary-wise our brains have developed To look for danger in our environment, our our amygdala Mm -hmm. is looking for things. It was about survival, you know, looking for problems in our environment to solve, or looking for things that can hurt us. So many times, our brain just naturally will default to negative things, to problems that we need to solve. And albeit in modern times, these are trifle things. Um, Like, oh, I have to get a new computer, I have to reset my password or just things that are annoying, but our our brains can default to that. So it's so important, I think, to do meditation to control our mind and control our thoughts and bring ourselves back to where we want to be, which is in a, a peaceful, positive state. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so, so everyone, I highly recommend trying Muse for yourself. Is there any kind of uh, place listeners can go to learn more about Muse or download a PDF about how it works or anything of that nature?
1: Sure. You can go to Choose Muse, um, and Choose Muse is our website. And then you can also go to the App Store and look at Muse, the brain sensing headband, and you can download the app itself. So, the app is not as powerful without the headband, but we also have uh, several hundred guided meditations inside the app. So you can begin just by listening to some of Muse's guided meditations. And then uh, when you graduate to the headband, you're actually able to use the headband with the guidance, which is extremely powerful.
0: Yes, yeah, it's really, really neat, guys. It's just, it, it's so interesting how it works. So what is it sensing exactly? It's sensing your brain waves with yeah. these little electrodes in the headband?
1: You've got it. So there are sensors in your forehead and behind your ears. So these are actually EEG sensors. And it gives you real clinical grade EEG. And it's tracking your brain wave activity. And we've characterized the brain waves associated with focused attention versus mind wandering. So it can let you know when you're wandering and when you're back in focused attention. And you do a little calibration at the beginning of each session so that it detects where your brain is at that day. And so you can do your session relative to where you are here and now for your wandering and your focus.
0: Yeah, and I like how you can track your sessions, so you can kind of get a score of each session and then try to get, you know, a score better and better and better.
1: <laughs> you got it. So you can always go back to your session history. You can see how your score is changing, how your graphs change. So at the beginning of a meditation practice, you know, people's no- minds are quite noisy and that's totally fine. And you see as you do more and more practices, that graph calms down and you spend more and more time in the calm state. And when you spend time in the calm state, you get a notification called a bird. So a little bird comes and tweets on your shoulder. And at the beginning, some people find it distracting. They're like, oh, no, my reward. like I got a bird. And they get all excited and the bird flies away. Yeah. And that's just a, that's another little lesson to be able to stay with the rewards just like you can stay with your failures. So there's tons of lessons, mindfulness lessons built into the mechanics within the new system. Yes. Yeah,
0: I love it. I just think it's it's just such a, a, a neat way to meditate, and I like the scoring too. I tend to respond better to that when I'm kind of trying to achieve achieve something or achieve a better score. There's just kind of a more of a meta a, a motivation built in to do meditation.
1: For clinicians who are working with uh, patients, we actually have a dashboard that allows you to track your patient's progress with your patient's permission. And so you can actually see their scores day on day. You can see when they're meditating, when they're not meditating. When they come back in, you can actually look at it together and say, hey, what was happening in this session? What was happening in that session? Because I know as a therapist, I would always recommend that my patients meditate and they'd go away and they'd never, ever do it. Or yeah. <laughs> they do it, you know, three times for four minutes. They're like, yes, I meditated. And we have this huge conversation on their Three minutes meditation that they did, you know, just a couple times. Um and so with this dashboard you can actually create compliance and get people to really adhere to their meditation practice. You can really see the benefit.
0: Oh yeah, I love that. That's so good. Yeah, and so is there anything surprising that you've learned about Muse or meditation in the the five years since you've started the company or launched the company?
1: Oh my God, so many, so many, so many things. Um for me there's been so many surprises sort of surprises or insights as my meditation practice deepens. When I began, I thought I had a meditation practice, but I didn't really. I, I really couldn't zone into that state and I couldn't stay there. And once I did, I sort of got it and it was this beautiful aha moment. Um, it was like when I was 15 and I was in love for the first time and I heard a love song on the radio, I was finally like, oh, that's why people sing about love. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's why every single song is about love. Before it was just words. Now I understand what it is. So, you know, I got to that point when I started meditating with muses like, oh, okay, like light bulbs on. And then all of the readings that I did, meditation, all of, you know, thousands of years of history that I've been processing made sense you know, that those insights came to life. And I had those phenomenal moments of like, you know, standing at the bus stop where everything becomes clear. You know, I'm just present to the bus stop and to everyone there and everything there. Those moments where I was like so grateful to be alive because being alive just feels so intense and amazing. Those moments when I'm in the fire and stuff's difficult and I'm just completely calm. You know, I'm standing on stage in front of 3000 people and in the back of my mind, I'm like, why am I not nervous? Why does this like, why, why do I feel amazing at this moment and not terrified? And so there's been all of these incredible shifts that start to happen when you can take control of your own inner dialogue and you start to shift those relationships with yourself and the world so that you can choose to be, you know, the present person that you really deserve to be
0: yeah yeah that's really a big theme for me right now is you know my health online and I've got just everything in my life is really really amazing so now I'm trying to really practice focus on non reactiveness like when I have a stressor or I have something that's irritating me or something that might potentially anger me or what have you is really practicing that non reactiveness and meditation is a very important part of that taking a a, a chunk of time when you're really gonna take for yourself and train your brain to be in the present, train your brain to be calm, that's when you're gonna be able to perform, so to speak, in those moments of stress or in your relationships or at work or even just in your relationship with yourself, just being more calm and peaceful leads to a more happy, fulfilling life. And you, that's not gonna just happen you know, you have to work for that. You have to create this practice to enjoy that reward of peace and uh, staying in, in the present moment and, and feeling grateful just in the present.
1: Very, very much so. And sort of turning down, there's both turning down the reactivity, the emotional reactivity, and turning down the ego reactivity. So I used to have these killer fights with my husband where I really felt felt like I wasn't being heard and I was clearly right. And so why wasn't he hearing me when I was right? And when he didn't hear me, I then felt rejected. So I would then scream louder, which would then make him react poorly. And we'd go through the cycle over and over again. once I started my long-term med- like sort of more significant meditation practice, I started to no longer need to be right. I started to no longer be reactive and feel like there was something that I needed to say that I wasn't heard. I used, no longer was rejecting him. It's just like, wow. I had all of these ego and fear-based behaviors that were perpetuating the cycle and making it really hard for somebody I love so dearly. And it was like, just my ego fighting and defending (laughs) and being reactive. And as soon as you start to kind of crawl that back and be like, hold on, hold on, like I'm actually safe. Actually, everything's fine. Actually, it's okay. The transformation is really quite exceptional. Like the shift in yourself and in your relationships is just, To be mind-blowing. Yeah, that's the
0: exact kind of arguments I'm having with my fiance. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to dial that back a little bit and and not be really practice not being reactive to things that, and it it is probably very much an ego-based kind of reactiveness that we all have to work on in ourselves. Even if we think we don't have an ego or what have you, it's still kind of there haunting us. And uh, it's really important to do meditation to Kind of uh, be aware of how you're reacting to things and if it's even worth the battle, if it's even worth reacting to. So there has to be some mindfulness around that. (laughs) Very much so. Thank you so much for coming on the show and you know, teaching us a bit about meditation and how to upgrade your medica- your meditation, take things to the next level. Because I think this is such an important tool. Uh, so many people today have so many stressors and don't really quite know how to bring the stress level down. And it's making people sick. Stress is one of the number one killers today. And we have so many different stressors acting on our body that people aren't aware of, even if they don't feel stressed. Um, I assure you our bodies are under a lot of different types of stress and that's why I've been you know touting meditation the importance of it for the entire time I've had myersdetox.com is incredibly important thing to add to your health regimen.
1: Completely right and thank you and yeah as I said my body was reacting to like every chemical in the environment when there was nothing I could do about them you know I couldn't detox my environment I couldn't I couldn't remove all the furniture. I wanted to live a normal life. And by training my body to not react to the world, I didn't even realize how stressful the world itself was. You know, the Windex in my world, the laundry detergents, all these things, what an impact they were having on me. And the shift was changing myself. The shift was changing my own reaction to saying, hey, you don't need to hyperreact in that way.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and everyone, where can we go to, to try muse and learn more about it?
1: Uh, so you can find it at dot com. There's also a money back guarantee. You can, so you can take it home and try it. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram on Ariel's musings and Twitter, Ariel Garten. All right. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and everyone. Thanks
0: for tuning in every week to the Myers detox podcast where we teach you all about heavy metal detoxification, detox protocols, and really, really cool biohacking techniques to upgrade your life and your health. So thanks for tuning in, and I'll talk to you guys next week.